G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy on this Monday night, August 7th, 2023. We've only got the three weeks to go. But there's just about more to talk about than ever here with an injury to a young goat fracturing the fantasy community, if you will, boys. Um, Plus, we've got to talk about the Finn McGuinness tag. Is he the new Ryan Crowley? And we'll delve into some observable thirst power rankings. This and much more to discuss on tonight's Pod Pod. We've got the usual crew, two-time top 10 finisher, John Harmy. Got Louis, as always. Unfortunately, no Holmesy tonight, but in his place... We welcome back the fossil. Welcome back, Stato. How are you, mate? It's a pleasure to be here, and thankfully you all listened to my new contract rules. Uh, I'll be on the pod whenever Holmes is not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's great to have you back on board, Stato. Plenty to discuss, pleasure. as I've mentioned off the top. Lots to talk about, but maybe we'll just go around the room and um, reveal our scores and a rank update. We will start with our two-time top 10 finisher in the past. Don't think it's going to be that uh, that this year, Harmy, but how are you going this year and what was your score for the weekend? Um, yeah, thanks, Dosby. Doesn't look like it's going to be, unfortunately. I think last year I was about 350th at the moment, thinking I was still a chance at a hat, but... oh. Um, Far, far and away from uh, that this year. This week's score, a 2 four, three, one. So, respectable enough, I think. Um, and that brought my rank into three three zero four. So, went up a couple of hundred spots again. Not a bad result from you. 2,400, pretty solid score for this weekend. What about you, Louis? How'd you go and where's your rank at? Uh, yeah, not too bad, um, considering a couple of lower scores that I didn't really want. But I, I got the 2416. Uh, that brought my rank up just slightly, I think about 30 spots into 1648. Very solid. So you reckon you, so what you've said at last couple of weeks, your, your record, you're going for about seven straight, excluding the COVID year, um, top 1000 finishes. You reckon you're going to get there, Lou? Faith in the last three weeks? Um, I'm losing confidence, mate, but I think <laughs> I can get close enough. If I can get that just outside a thousand, maybe inside 1100, then I'll, uh, do a bit of dodgy maths and still claim it. All right. A quick update from me. Cause I'm leaving Stato to last cause all the people want to know, I'm just giving that teaser, just teasing it out a little bit for the Stato's rank update. Dossie with the 21-27, so um, pretty ugly <laughs> week from me. Um, fell from 17,211. We did mention last week the Lux was still in sight, especially with the team value looking strong, but we've fallen down to 19,364. So, I mean, the battle up in the top 20K region, she's still uh, going strong. There's a couple of competitive coaches up there still putting up some big scores. But Stato, we've been waiting We really want to know where you're at, where you're up to. How's your season been going? Well, I haven't watched a full game of footy for two months. I hadn't even listened to a podcast. So, sorry, boys, I haven't even listened to you guys. Um, But uh, good clarity of mind when this happens. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on, Louis. (laughs) But I um, I actually just went through the list with Louis and... We picked up uh, five since the beginning of the um, 
uh, of the buys of players I've brought in and were forced trades uh, the following week. So that's a really good run to get the Uber premiums in, including Sam Walsh the other week, which was oh. just shattering. I thought I was being outsmarting everyone. But um, 23.47 this week, uh, my rankings dropped uh, slowly each week with those forced trades. 4.718 is where I'm sitting uh, so I can't imagine it getting any pretty because I just haven't have, uh, been able to bring in the Uber premiums. Um, and there's a long list of sucks this week uh, that, that kept me below a 2,500. So we'll, we'll wait till we get there. Absolutely, Stato. You're learning how the show structure works and you've been away. You're coming back fresh as ever. Love to see that from you. Well, let's get into our first segment then and our Lux for the week. You know the Lux is mine from the start. Harmy, back to you. Who was a strong performer for you this week and earns your Lux for the week? Ooh, oh, yeah, quite a few good performers this week. Um, but I think I might throw... A vote of confidence to Zach Butters, somebody who Louis didn't believe was in the um, top six forwards, but I've stuck with him, stayed true, and 130 points. Thank you, Zach. Might not be, given what we saw on the weekend, perhaps. But no, no, that was a good performance by Butters, and uh, it was his first ton in a couple of weeks, wasn't it, Harmy? Uh, I'd have to check that. I think he got around a couple of weeks ago. It, isn't it funny how it always comes against the matchup you probably least expect it to be? So Geelong at yeah. GMHBA. Mm. Yep, right. He got 105 to... two weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. but man, right when you're kind of willing to part ways, and then it's back to get that ton for you. And it, yeah, he was looking electric. Well, that was what Jack McRae did a, a couple yeah. of months ago. For he's most done it coaches, all season. It? He's done it just in three week <laughs> blocks all season as Jack McRae. Shocking, um, Louis. Who was your lucks of the week? Yeah, I'm going to give mine to Brad Crouch just because uh, it was probably a couple of weeks there where there were some question marks over his head. Uh, is Jack still starting to affect him? But I think the last probably three weeks uh, turned a bit of a corner, showing some frightening ceiling. And uh, if he kept on with that game in that second half, it honestly, it looked like he was on for, you know, 160 plus, but still take a 126 and... Uh, He's probably looking like someone we can take to the end of the season, whereas maybe a fortnight ago, we were just sort of raising our eyebrows, seeing if that could be a luxury trade in a few weeks' time. Yeah, he's been killing it. I know Holmesy, a proud owner, and it's been a topsy-turvy ride for him as well, but I think the highs have been certainly outweighed the lows at this point of the season. Stato, Lux for the week. Yeah, so wrong, it's so right. Um, he's just been a ripper all year, 125. Um, but the main reason I wanted to, to give him the lux this week is uh, he's had a season where he's 22 points up uh, above the previous year. And that's just a remarkable and what a great pick he was. Uh, and one of the quite a few reasons why I had such a hot start to the season. Caleb Sarong's just been a superstar. Uh, of course, like uh, all cases, he had to boo me at some point, missed the week and ended up uh, keeping him and uh, put a, a um, who I thought was going to be a good cover for him for the week who got a, got me a 45. So uh, it did disappoint me in one way. But anyway, that's life. You'll take that from Sarong for sure. And yeah, one of your great starting picks of the year that you would have been... Happy to be an owner all season long. Uh, my lucks for the week. I'm surprised nobody went with this one. I don't know if you guys are owners or not, but yeah, James Sicily for me with the 160. Um, God, I wish he was my VC or C, but after seeing him the week before, um, not look that 
interested in getting the pill himself. I mean, we're probably going to talk a bit about observable thirst a bit later, but wasn't exhibiting any signs the prior, the week prior. But yeah, getting a 160 in a surprising Hawks win um, where he absolutely dominated. So 160 in the back line for still only getting that 2100. Uh, pretty poor signs for me, which brings us to our sucks. <laughs> As usual, getting plenty of mentions uh, in the sucks of the week is my players in my team, but uh, let's go around the circle and see how many feature this week. Harmy, sucks of the week. Look, I wouldn't want an injury to overshadow this sucks performance from Nick Dacos. Uh, 37 mm. points. I mean, I know he, he sat out most of that last quarter, but still... He sucked for the first three, and I think we need to recognise that um, as well as fantasy coaches. Yeah, I mean, a big topic this week, I guess, was the the role Finn McGuinness played on him. And, you know, typically I think Finn McGuinness is, is more suited to those outside players. Um, You know, Dacos can get a mixture of both. But what are your thoughts, Harmy, on Finn McGuinness uh, being a worrying player for coaches to come up against in the final three weeks? Yeah, well, the non-worrying thing for me is that I don't have Bont, so I'm kind of hoping that um, he goes to Bont this week and holds him to a um, a 37-point score. All right. Well, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, well, it's probably one of our hot topics, so we'll touch on it a little bit more in a few minutes. But Louis, sucks for the week. Yeah, so I'll give my sucks to um, probably Josh Kelly. I gave him a bit of a rap. Yeah. Last week, but I did mention, uh, despite getting my lux, that the roll was still a little bit of a concern, uh, and he dished up a 71 this week, so that was a little bit disappointing. Uh, probably remains in my team, though. And just a little mention to JJ, uh, Jason Johannesson. I actually brought him in during the week uh, based on uh, lack of harmy advice. Didn't want to respond to my question that I sent into the <laughs> podcast and uh, <laughs> decided to run with it. And uh, look, probably got a little bit unlucky in the end. He spent wow. quite a bit of time in the rooms with a bit of a calf. And uh, look, I thought I was going to get stitched up with a 27 when he went down, uh, looked injured and came back and gave me up a 65. So uh, it didn't work, but one of those trades that sometimes you just have to have a crack at, didn't have much funds to work with and that was someone with the matchup that I thought you know what I'll have a go and uh, if it doesn't work out I'll move him on next week you should have gone to Jack Zebel why didn't you do that well <laughs> I, I mean I went and checked and I thought can I can I um can I bash myself up even more uh <laughs> by having a look at Zebel and would I have gone him but uh yeah clearly those sub games I don't think I would have even considered it but this week might be a different story Stato, few um, options for you this week, or you got a standout yeah. suck for the week? Yeah, yeah, I got three of them. Uh, Dacos, we've already covered, uh, and look, we knew that was coming, um, and maybe we should have listened to Louis at the beginning of the year. No, look, he's been a great pick, just unfortunate. Um, Sheasel, uh, fifty-three. We know that's impacted by Zebel. Um, which is fair enough. We just accept that, and he's probably one that would have disappeared off um, off my list if I hadn't had all those forced trades anyway. And this is where it bites you a little bit. Um, but uh, the real sucks is Jack Steele, fifty nine. Um, yeah, just so disappointing. I haven't looked at the data. I reckon there'll be a few people that didn't get the right VC that might have rolled into Jack Steele because his form had gone. Pretty good. Uh, I certainly did that in Supercoach where he pumped out a nice 53. It was beautiful. <laughs> Lovely. 
Yep. Enjoyed it immensely. Well, um, as expected, apart from um, JJ, which was a pretty loose pick from you, Louis, I think we didn't give you a proper answer. We thought you might have been joking on that uh, Jason Johannesson loose uh, <laughs> loose pick last week, so we didn't answer seriously. But wowee. Uh, no, good on you. A bit of a bit of a dossy play to, to finish your year this year. Um, but yes, I was a proud owner of um, Nick Dacos, Jack Steele and Harry Sheasel as well that were mentioned. I also brought in Jeremy Cameron for a 69 and I captained... Josh Dunkley. So that was lovely with his well 81 <laughs> to come home against the Dockers. Um, yeah, I don't know how to explain that. I didn't actually get to see the game on that one, but Louis, you just said he didn't get out of first gear. Josh Dunkley paying up the big bucks for a premium and he pumps me out an 80. Yeah, he just looked a bit lackluster, mate. So nothing to be too concerned about, but um, yeah, when he when he's uh, just entered a lot of coaches' teams and you're watching him play and you're just seeing him not that interested, without that observable thirst, which I'm not sure if we're going to go over that list today, uh, Dossie of the yeah, top I'll, 10 I'll do a little one at the end. Thirst. I think. Yep, I'll do nice. a little one at the end. Uh, yeah, it wasn't yep. nice to see, but I wouldn't be too concerned. I think there's going to be a level of management from some of these top clubs over the next couple of weeks, and and most coaches uh, are going to cop it. I think some stage. Yeah. All right, well, I think that is it for our Larks or Sucks of the Week, but we're moving on now to a little bit of a recap, as we do every single week of the season of our Content Creators Cup. And uh, I'm just going to mention it as well because we had two Pod Pod members make it to the semifinals. And, uh, of course, this is for um, Guesty doing this for charity. There's going to be handing out a prize at the end of this to the charity of choice to the winner. But... um, Looking like one of our one of our Pod Pod stars. He's joining us for the first time in a little bit this episode. But Stato falling just short, um, well, nearly a hundred points short of uh, Nathan from Hat Chat. You two seem to always meet at various times throughout your fantasy careers, Stato. But any words of advice for for Nathan, who's now moving on in your place? Yes, oh, I wish him all the best, of course, but uh, when he had Jackson and Newman smashing out scores and uh, myself, Steele and Sheasel, I was a little bit bitter, to be honest, but we'll, uh, well done to the handsome one in Nathan. Uh, wish him all the best for the continuation of the finals. He's got a few risky players on his list, so if he's got the opportunity to probably consolidate them to Uber premiums, uh, might be a smart move. But, um, no, well done him, 24-39's a decent score. Yep, and he moves on to the prelims, I reckon that is, next week uh, or this coming week. And then also in the fourth versus fifth matchup in the Content Creators Cup, we had Junk Time Janitors up against Louie and Lou. You got the chocolates there, mate. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I was a little bit nervous for that one because... Um, they had some interesting players there as uniques, uh, but when I saw that Sicily 160 roll in, I did start feeling pretty good about it. So, um, as a unique, that was a nice one to have. But, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards, and we'll see how we go against. I think it's um, I think it's Mitch from Ball Boys who's been having a pretty good season, so we'll have to wrestle it out next week. All right, Louis, you're our only hope in the Content Creators Cup now. We've got to cheer you on from here. So no more Jason Johannessons, please, mate, if that's possible. But um, <laughs> in the consolidation finals, I do just want to mention as well, Sanchez Snags from Hatchat getting a convincing 104-point win over our very own Holmesy's hero. So in the consolidation finals... 
didn't quite get the chocolates there. Hope you're listening at home there, Holmesy, and uh, I'll <laughs> I'll still have to send you through those carton uh, of ton mid strengths. Now, Stato, you've been away for a little bit, but you're going to give us a Pod Pod Challenge update. This is your baby of the Pod Pod. You created this league. It's an open league that anyone can join. You've of course named it the Pod Pod Challenge, where everyone can beat DOS. So thanks for that one. But um. <laughs> How's, they're how's, going pretty well at yeah, that, Dossie. How are they going? Because they're they're absolutely killing it. They are. We've uh, we've actually got thirty one in hat territory oh, at wow. the moment. So thirty one in the top hundred, which is fantastic. Uh, we've got three inside the top five, boys. So um, this is really good news. We got some uh, big prizes going out to Pop Pod listeners. Uh, we do appreciate and we thank you for your support. Uh, but we have a new leader, Love at First Lance, which is Jono's team, 25-21 this week, taking him up to third position overall. So he's yeah. in a bit of a sniff. Need to be smart on your trades now. Don't mind uh, if you send a little message to any of us. We'll give you our thoughts. Can't make any promises. They'll work 100% well. Uh, but if Louis promotes JJ or Dos promotes Fiorini, just give them a miss. So maybe go to uh, Dahami, Holmesy or myself. No, fuck, fuck Holmesy. No, no, he does. Oh, that's right. Not on not on here. No, no. God bless him. He's a good man. You're going to have to put um, the explicit tag on this episode. Thanks. Guys. Sorry, mate. You can put a little beep over that. He's a good bloke. Uh, no Haynes, no gains, uh, which is Michael's team, uh, is sitting second on our list, but fourth overall. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic. But he has slipped one position down, but he's still in the hunt there. And Tens Titans, which is uh, Kevin's team, is fifth position overall, uh, all within um, uh, about 100 points of each other this week. So uh, hopefully they can all push on and have a real hard crack at it. But love it. First Lance, just get your positions uh, right, look at your Uber premiums who are on a good run and uh, you've got a chance to grab the car. And there is a tussle up in that top two positions at the moment and I see a third not far behind as well. But, yeah, I remember Jono was was second in the Pod Pod Challenge last week and he made it known that he was uh, more concerned about his position in the Pod Pod Challenge than he was about his position on the on the Lux Chase. Uh, so Well, if he goes for the Lux Chase, the Pod Pod position will actually sort itself out as well. <laughs> That's right. Fair. Okay, um, let's get into the hot topics for the week. And we've already touched on the biggest one there. It is Nick Dacos. He's owned by just about every coach in the competition. I know some very astute coaches out there even looped him on, waiting for that tag, anticipating it. So that was um, pretty ingenuitive stuff there, if that's even a word. But um, look, Nick Dacos, he's now got to go. He scored the 37. He's out for, I think, the latest I saw was six weeks. So... You know, hopefully he can somehow make it back miraculously for Collingwood's finals hopes. But, um, yeah, that's looking even touch and go for there. So, lads, it's obviously a trade, um, but let's just talk about some of our options. Now, I, I know we've mentioned a few already, but which way do you think we should be going here, Harmy, to start with? We've got a fair few bargain options out there. There's plenty of pod options as well that could score some juicy scores on the way home. And then, of course, there's the tried and true premiums available as well. Mm. Yeah, well, that's that's right. It's a funny time of year, isn't it? Because they're not really chasing those value picks. So um, I'd be looking at the top end, and I think that that's probably what I'm going to do because um, I sort of 
cashed up last week so the money isn't really an issue for me and I think I'll be looking at the top of the line but I've also got still got a number of DPPs like I've got a forward and a um, defender in my midfield so um, yeah I, I'm going shopping Dossie boy anywhere uh, any line really so but um, yeah there were some interesting scores weren't there um, some some primos didn't really fire and then some of those um, cheap ones you know you like your Zeebles really did so um, look, I, yeah, I'd be chasing the top of the line. If I didn't have Doc or Sicily, I'd probably be going there. But um, oh, there's heaps of options for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at our – so we we did our pod pod draft, um, best 22 draft last week where we just if – you, if you didn't catch that one, we drafted our best 22 for the final month of the season. And just looking at that, obviously, Dacos did make the cut there. The other defenders we had were Dawson, Sicily – Sinclair, Doherty, and Whitfield even made it in there. So if you don't have any of those, that's potentially somewhere where you could look at. And then on our bench, which we um, also selected a few, we had Dan Houston and, and Harry Sheasel. I mean, Sheasel's probably a bit out of it at the moment. But is there any other options there? And I, th- I think probably the one that a lot of listeners are, are mentioning this week, Louis, is Jack Zebel, who apparently on his retirement parade for this last month has got his old fantasy-friendly rollback again where he could just do what he wants in the back line and, and stealing it off Sheasel as well. Yeah, and comes in at uh, just over 600k due to a couple of uh, sub-affected games and probably a couple of poor ones in there too uh, under a different coach. But what we saw on the weekend was firstly the return of Alistair Clarkson uh, and secondly we saw the return of Jack Zebel in that absolute seagull roll off of halfback. Uh, he didn't miss a step there. He knows how to play it extremely well. Uh, and I would have to think, given the context of the selection and the coaching, that perhaps this is something that we might see over the next couple of weeks. I think it's a move that I'd encourage um, in terms of actually targeting Jack Zebel, I'd encourage that for teams that are trying to have a crack and maybe claw back some spaces. If you're really competing, then I'd be a little bit hesitant because there is that slight concern that uh, perhaps he does get subbed at some point or he gets managed or or what have you, because uh, that farewell game will be in a couple of weeks and I'm not sure how they're going to get him there, but um, that could certainly be a flag. But just in terms of the Dacos question, mate, um, I don't think there's a right answer. I think it's going to be totally team dependent what you can do with him. These types of injuries are sometimes a blessing. I think it's going to be a good thing. He's got cash on his head. Uh, he's owned by pretty much everybody in the competition and it just allows a little bit uh, more room to move. There's going to, that pick's essentially going to be split across the competition to a, a range of different players, you know, 10 to 15 different players. And uh, I, I would be saying with the Dacos trade that uh, what you can do on the other end of that, so your second trade maybe dictates what you do with Dacos. So I know Harmy said that he's got a bit of cash in the bank, he can do a bit and just shop uh, at that t- upper echelon, but. Uh, if you don't have much cash, maybe you rolled in with 1K. You know, you can look at perhaps a day cost down as evil and suddenly find yourself with 300K to work with. And uh, if that can get you an Uber premium on the other end, then that's probably what I'm looking at as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting as one, uh, interesting one as well with with the Essendon matchup this week, and we have seen um, some defenders really pop against Essendon in, in in the last couple of weeks as well. I mean, Alex Witherden tunned up, Duggan got ninety six, and Tommy Cole Harmy had ninety two last week. Yeah, had him in my draft. Move on. Looped on. 
Hey, um, well, let's, let's just throw a few names. Um, Stato, yeah. I'll throw a few names at you. That you know, If I was looking at a defender, these are the sorts of people that I'd be having a bit of a look at. So um, a lot of people have jumped off Will Day. Um, they don't have too bad a run. Jaden Short, low low ownership. Um, Richmond have got the Saints this week, so yeah, he big. could be a pretty decent trade-in. 755000 you make a heap of money on that. Jake Lloyd, possibly. Um, Angus Brayshaw probably wouldn't be as keen, particularly with Clary Oliver coming back in, but um, then you could even look at like a Hayden Young or a... Um, Hayden uh, Young in the guts, by the way. In the yeah, guts no, as now a as a... Yeah. And they got West Coast this week, so still, anyway, there's but. a few names. But it's interesting that um, last week we sort of mentioned that D6 and F6 position being quite volatile. Uh, since we've mentioned both those players, Zebel and Dacos, there's certainly a play there where uh, perhaps you take down a, a Dacos to a Zebel who's got that forward defensive status. All of a sudden, it means that on the other end of your trade, it's not necessarily another defender you have to bring in. You can start looking at some forwards. Uh, you know, if you didn't have a Josh Dunkley, for example. Uh, it just allowed, it just adds that extra versatility to your trades and you're not just shoehorning yourself into a pure defender. You can also grab a forward. I've worked out who Hayden Young will be tagging against West Coast. It'll be Tommy Cole. He's going to have to sit up forward. Um, yeah, all right. Let's get on to another hot topic because I think we'll have a few more questions regarding um, some of those players later, Harmy. But were you were you kind of done? You just you wanted to throw a few options in the air because I do think those are probably some of the more popular ones as well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, I've got Will Day, so in my midfield, I probably flick him back, and I'm looking yeah. at some midfielders, and, and, and again, same sort of principle. Like I'm just trying to see see somebody who's a bit lower ownership, um, who I think you know could be good for the run home. Somebody like Adam Trelaw or Libba JJ. or um, Darcy Parish or yeah. Um, to, <laughs> Those are the sorts of people I'm looking at. All right, let's get on to another hot topic, which, as you mentioned at the top, Harmy probably shouldn't be overshadowed by by the unfortunate Dacos injury is that McGuinness did clamp him for those three quarters prior to injury. And Stato, is that something that you're worried about this week? If, if you're, say, a Bont owner, um, are you? is there any concern to be had? Bont bit of a different um, body type and, and sort of a ability to break that tag, I would have thought, than a, than a young second-year Dacos without the sort of heavier frame. You know, Bont's a big, strong-bodied inside mid. Um, I mean, they could also tag someone else as well. But what are your thoughts on McGuinness, even just for the next few weeks? So they've also got, after they've had the dogs this week, they've then got Melbourne. So that's maybe a, you know, potentially an inside mid or, or maybe they go for one of the outside players. And then in the last round, they've got Fremantle. So you're probably looking at a Brasher or a Sarong as well. Yeah, well, one thing we've noticed with McGuinness's tag is generally gone to the outside and the best ball user. So that that's what Dacos is for Collingwood. So uh, that's what I expect to happen. Um, now, Bont's inside, but he's also probably their best ball user. So I'm expecting him to go to Bont and having so many forced trades. Uh, that's the luxury. I haven't had the luxury trades and haven't got the luxury of having Bont. So that's a good thing for me for this one-off week. But it's no guarantee either um, so if, if you own him don't panic and don't trade him out he's uh, absolutely killing it uh, so I'll be keeping bonds I'll just be mindful of probably uh, not going a captain on him I don't know which game in the week that they actually play they've generally been playing 
uh, early of late. Um, so VC is worthwhile, but I wouldn't go captain. Yeah, they've got and the Sunday. Surprise, surprise, here we go, the Sunday game. So I'll just be avoiding that as your, your captain option um, just because of the tags likely there. Look, you just need to be mindful, but like anything, there's only a few players which you can guarantee he's going to tag. And we knew Dacos from the pre-season game that he was going to be uh, the one that they target. And it played out exactly like Sam Mitchell would have liked. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that Finn McGuinness tag throughout the year has been a little bit inconsistent too. So, yeah, he's you know, he has tagged players most rounds, but also the tag's been released most rounds at some point too. So, uh, yes, it's been the outside players, but I think that... Uh, being a young team with Hawthorne, I think part of it is stemming that bleeding and trying to just stop a bit of the damage. And I think maybe uh, within the context of that game, uh, Collingwood, look, they've been seriously reliant on Nick Dacos. And um, I think Sam Mitchell, as he did in the preseason, circled his name and, and realised that he's a massive cog in their system to stopping that. Whereas the Dogs, I think they've got a few different weapons. There's a few different players that can step up and do some different things. Um, I don't think, as good as Bont is, I don't think he's necessarily like a cog like a Nick Dacos is in that Pies side where you can totally shut down the whole system. Um, so it'll be one to watch for sure. But I don't want, uh, I don't think it's wise to start massively um, overreacting to this Finn McGuinness matchup and the Hawthorne matchup because um, I'm not convinced that it's going to happen every single week. I don't know if you guys um, caught that Friday night game, though, the um, Bulldogs in Richmond. And I was just watching it thinking, when are Richmond going to show him some attention and try and shut him out? He was just absolutely dominating. They did. When, they did. Oh, when, when three, the three different players, apparently, in the oh, uh, post, <laughs> post-match conference, uh, was Andrew McQualter said, three different players they tried to send to him, but it just didn't work. Well, they don't know how to man up because he took uncontested <laughs> marks in the forward line, kicking goals. Like, they were nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I had, like, was, you know, with the Zeebel, we've talked about it already, but the fact that, you know, he announces his retirement and he goes bonkers in a beautiful role, do we think we're going to see similar things from other players in the weeks to come? Stato, you're close to retirement. Um, what sort of... <laughs> <laughs> What, what sort of roles do you think these guys might have in the coming weeks? Do you think we could, you know, if Hearn comes back for one last game at the Opta Stadium, would you bring him in for 110? Uh, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they've got a really good history of this. Uh, Matty Boyd, I reckon, smacked out 140 in his last game. I think Goddard did a very similar thing. Um, look, it's it's nothing I'd do if I'm actually in hat territory. Um, you wouldn't know what that's like, Doss. But um, <laughs> for for someone in your position and trying to get a league win when you probably haven't got as many uber premiums as your opposition, they're the type of things I'd happy to take a fly at. So I'm certainly looking at Zebel and talking about that sort of defender stuff with Nick Dacos. I've probably got the double whammy. I've got Sheasel and Dacos which the reality is is almost two forced trades. So if Zeeble's named and on the half-back line, we know that um, Sheasel's um, uh, ball will be sort of reduced or ability to get the ball will be reduced. So um, 
I certainly fly at that. Um, I think Hearn's a good option. We know he can go big. I checked it. He's got a good matchup for the last game. Uh, I think Zebul. Um, look out for Aaron Hall too. Seeing he's made his. I, thought, uh, I think his is effective call. immediately. He's done. Yeah, no, he's done. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's done. So I just have a look, but just make sure that they're um, uh, naturally good ball winners. Yeah. But there's the they're the type that I'll be looking at. Yes. Just a question without notice, boys. Um, what do we think that necessarily Sheasel is going to be affected by this? Because we saw Jack Z will play the majority of the first half of the season uh, and pretty much went at that 100 mark all the while um, Harry Sheasel was doing the exact same thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sheasel had two centre bounce attendances on the weekend, which doesn't really tell you much, but it just showed you he wasn't really getting as involved in the play. I also think Zebel was potentially told to do this, but he was just every kick in was bombing it down the line. There wasn't that easy one to the to the corner to chip it around. Like Sheasel's got quite a few of those short 15 meter kicks into the pocket, which is when Sheasel and Zebel were kind of operating really well together. But I don't know. Like it, it could go either way, I think, on that one. I think the reason I last week stayed, oh, I know you haven't listened to the shows, but last week we had our draft and, and I actually drafted Sheasel in our best 22 for the run home. And then I vetoed my own pick um, to bring in your man. Fl- oh, you idiot. To bring in your man Flanders. But it was because I wasn't sure with Clarko returning whether on the stretch home in the next three weeks, they want to try him forward where where he started the season. They want to try him through the midfield. So to be honest, on, on the run home, and, and we've seen one poor score, It's at the end of the day, he's a rookie. I'm happy to jump off him. Um, it's tough when you've also got Dacos in the team, but from my perspective, especially in the top end, you know, do you really want to be relying on, on a rookie in these last three weeks when the Roos are going to pr- presumably experiment with this team when you've got these reliable guys out there, you've got a, I don't know, there's plenty of options out there I think that you'd potentially be more confident with and you can do some do some damage with that coin that you mentioned at the top of the show that Dacos has on his head, Harmy. Are you on that, that frame of mind as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think his role is always a bit of a risk and that's that sort of came, came through on the weekend. Um, so there's a lot more players that I'd feel comfortable um, having in my team than Sheasel. Yep. Speaking of a guy who, if you are playing Sheasel up forward, Stato, this guy was in red hot form on the weekend and he's looking the goods without with with that number one ruck roll. Um, the final hot topic, Luke Jackson. Any thoughts on bringing in Jackson for these last three weeks, Stato, as he caught fire on the weekend in, I don't know, was I don't think it was the easiest matchup against uh, the big O. He, he still smashed him. Beat, oh, sorry, it was Darcy Ford, actually. But, um, 149 points against Darcy Ford as Stato shakes his head at me. But 149, what are your thoughts on uh, Luke Jackson for the next three weeks? Yeah, Nathan, the good-looking man, had him against me. Yep. So my thoughts aren't too great about him at the moment. But obviously his scoring power we know, um, especially when he gets the number one ruck role. Yeah, but runs. it depends on opposition. So I'll be looking at their run yep. and who the opposition Stato, is. their run is pretty crazy on the run home for Ruckman. So <laughs> they've got West Coast who give up points Ooh. to rucks. They've got- yeah, but did Bailey Williams Ooh. accept that ban? Oh, that's true. No, no, he's going to the tribunal, but imagine. So, yeah, yeah, if they don't have Bailey Williams as well, um, that's even bigger. Then they've got Port Adelaide, the next one, and then they've got Hawthorne to finish the year. So, that to me, um, 
just off the top of the noggin, I'd have to check uh, the DFS Australia for the matchup data, but that looks pretty good off the off the top of the noggin for. So Ruckman, you're looking so. at what Jack Jack Williams in the ruck there against the Eagles, Dante Vicentini support, mm-hmm. and Hawthorne. It was Ned Reeves, Reeves, but he's been subbed at certain stages as well, so it could be you know. Dream fixture here. All right. So, I'm just looking at the matchup data now. So, in the last five, obviously, this is factoring in his massive score on Brisbane on the weekend. But Brisbane is the number one in the last five, giving up points to Rucks. Um, The number two is Port Adelaide and the number three is West Coast. So, two of his next three, huge uh, for the matchup data. Then Hawthorne in the the final round, not too too great for giving up points to Rucks. So, they they only give up – they give a little bit less than their kind of average. um, So, they're they're not one of the top teams, but they're still – you know, the t- those two big matchups are pretty- Well, that's when you're bringing in big techs anyway, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Far out. That's some pretty good pretty good matchups. So, Luke Jackson on the radar. Okay, that is our hot topics. Does anyone have an observation to bring in on our observation roundtable discussion for the week? Just a little bit of a chat here. Anyone got any anything they want to bring up on this final three weeks of the season? Oh, look, I've got my observation there just backing over last week that F6 and D6 are very volatile and I think that's where you can potentially find some of the most points against other coaches. Same with the midfield. I think the midfield um, as a group has more volatility than what um, coaches have selected in defence and forwards. It's very similar types of teams uh, as well as tags, uh, like I said last week as well. The context of the game matters. Uh, we've seen it this round and uh, as teams jostle for that top eight spot, it's tighter than ever. I've never seen it like this. You're going to see some things that maybe you don't expect and some uh, some plans put into certain players. So just be aware of that. And, uh, you know, the coaches that did bench and Nick Dacos this week uh, and looped him came out on top and that was a um, very intelligent thing to do. So you just got to think ahead and uh, see where you can sort of win your battles with that. All right, love that from Lou. Uh, I think we'll move on to our to our question segment from the listeners, and then we'll get into our obs- um, our observable thirst power rankings to finish the show. I think so. Just a reminder, um, as well as always, we give a big thank you to our sponsors at the Keeper League Pod. So check out keeperleaguepod.com for all your Keeper League news. And uh, I mean, it's about time when you're looking at who you want to draft for next year, and also looking at the draft in the off season. So make sure you check back in with keeperleaguepod.com.au for all your Keeper League news. And also um, use the code PODPOD if you're going to sign up for 20% off. Um, but if you're not keen for a membership as well, just follow them on the socials. We know Hef does a lot of good stuff on the socials, Twitter at Keeper League Pod. Um, check him out on TikTok because he does some excellent content of uh, footy grids as well. Now, Stato, I heard you got an introduction to footygrid.com just the other day and, and you're now the number one fan of the site. Yes, and I tripped up a few other people looking at other games that they could play and corrected them and got on the right one, Dossie, as we got the evidence straight away. Uh, we want the real one. You've created the real one. Get on board. Footygrid.com. Uh, thanks for the plug there, State. I love that from Don't you. Go. Now, we'll get to all our Twitter requests. At PodPodAFL is where you can follow us on. I keep calling it Twitter. Now, it's called X. Whatever the hell you want to call it, just X. follow us on there. At PodPodAFL. What's X? 
What's that stato? Yeah, don't worry, mate. It's a new technology. You wouldn't be familiar with it. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll just get through some questions. We, we put out our tweet. We do it weekly. Um, this time, we kind of open it up to a few questions as well because some people need their players ranked, etc. for the last few weeks. So, we've got Baz's Bolognese has asked us to rank Bont, Dunkley, and Dawson. Who scores more for the rest of the year? Who do you reckon, Harmy? Bont, Bont. Dunkley, or Dawson? Bont, then... Dawson, then Dunkley, maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked Ooh. at the run. That's off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, to you, Stato, um, from AFL Fantasyland, do you rank Libba, Trelaw, and Sarong for the run home? Jeez, that's... Uh, Libba, Trelaw, and Sarong. Libba, Stato. Libba made it into our, um, our draft last week as a midfielder for the run home in the final month. Started strong this week. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. They, they well, vetoed LDU. Libba has. They vetoed LDU to make that happen, by the rightfully way. Rightfully so. See, the scores well, on the weekend yeah. justified that. It was <laughs> it just did. that we missed Mason Wood. That was the only thing. Sorry, Stan. So, Libba and Trelaw have Hawthorne West Coast Geelong. Mm. Um, and I'm going to rank Libba ahead of Trelaw because it could do a hammy at any stage or a calf at any stage. Um. And Sarong has uh, West Coast, which is a good start, Port Adelaide, which is tough. And then Hawthorne. So both of them got West Coast and Hawthorne. Um, Don't know who the tag's going to go to uh, from McGuinness. A little bit unsure with that one. Um, Might be. Bit of talk on. That'd be interesting if Hayden. Sorry, Hayden Young's probably the best outside and best. Best by foot. So, wouldn't it be interesting if Hayden Young's tagging, but McGuinness <laughs> is tagging Hayden Young? <laughs> well, I was just about to say on SEN today, they did mention that um, Sam Mitchell threw Tom Liberatore's name out there too. So, mm. that would be interesting. Wow. That would be the... Um, yeah. We just said that McGuinness doesn't tag inside players yeah. if that happens and we might have to... Yeah. Um, that, that'd be the guy. Yeah, that'd be the guy, yeah, because he, he does cop a tag every once in a while from the astute coach, I reckon, and then, I don't know, Mitchell mm. does think a bit outside the box. Mm. Yeah, well, if that call. happens, make adjustments. But why would you leave Bont free? Because oh. he can't be tagged, yes. can he? Like, really? Of course he can. Yes. Wow. Last week he had no. Well, the week before he had an eighty-seven and half time, and only finished with. You need a very specific body, like well, that's player it. to fin, do it. Though. They need to be huge and big enough to go with him. That's the he's not taking Bont up forward because Bont will kick six goals. Yeah, he's got ten kegs on McGuinness, like and ten centimeters too. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, let's get to our next one. Um, we overruled you there, Stato. Uh, <laughs> This one's from, <laughs> this one's from Shay. You all went Trelaw. <laughs> now I'll, I'll take you the photo of the sand. Uh, this one's a good one. Um, we talked about a few of these names for replacements for Dacos. So from Shay wants to know what's our verdict, uh, Louis? Hayden Young, Jaden Short, or Duggan as a pod replacement for Dacos? I'm Jaden Short. Yeah, me too. Saints this week. With that Saint Kilda matchup. Uh, I think he's been phenomenal all year. He's just injury that's really held him back. And even that game where he did his hamstring, he was on 25 about 15 minutes into the first quarter. Uh, Dan Rioli, a little bit of a question mark over him. He's supposedly going to play this week, but he did tweak his ankle. Looked right after halftime, but if that's the case, then there might be a little bit more ball for him too. Probably throw out Bailey Dale to win that mix. I reckon he's probably not a bad shout. Hawks this week on like a pretty big oval down at Utah's. 
Then they got the Eagles. It's just that Cats game in the last round, maybe a bit questionable. A bit of JJ about that, I reckon, Army. No way, Bailey Dale. He's been killing it, mate. No, I'm just kidding, mate. The same role, but um, so you should have gone for. Yeah, JJ. well, I was I was only dealing with about 646k. I only had 1k left at the end of the week, but uh, no, I like Bailey Dale, and he's one that's gone under the radar quite a bit. What about speaking about um, a player that burned you on the weekend, Stato, but we haven't really mentioned him as an option. I know he's just come off a great matchup, but uh, Nick Newman in his last five, Doherty moving on to the inside mid more just due to necessity at the moment. Could he come home strong? He's got Melbourne this week, pretty good matchup. Then Gold Coast and the Giants to finish the year. Nick Newman at 838K. Yeah, he's a good matchup. Uh, got good matchups and good scoring power. But we, we also know at times he can be given a role which does hurt him. So there's a bit of risk with it. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think- and sorry, um, just backing on that, he's got the Giants in round 24 where he held mm. Toby Green to five touches. So if you do have Nick Newman, maybe uh, if you are thinking of jumping off, 24 mm. would be it. All right. Uh, now, final verdict here, lads. Lots of questions coming through. Jack Zebel, Harmy, final verdict. Pass. Wow. Imagine okay. if he gets subbed out halfway through the game. Oh, you'd be spewing. No, anyway, it, I'm going to pass. It's a legitimate concern. I think it needs to be raised more that, you know, this is a guy who's been subbed for the last four weeks. It's it's only that Clarko was uh, coaching his first game back that you can read a little bit into it. But um, that's why I said coach was competing. Maybe just hold off for that round 24 because there's going to be players that can score on par with Zeeble. He's so not going to go 150 every week. That's two passes, Stato, round him out. Are you also a pass for Zebel if you're in the mix and, and you're one of our, you know, hat territory coaches in those top 31 coaches that we've got in the Pod Pod Challenge? Um, I'd, no, I wouldn't rule him out, but I'd wait to see what team sheets look like. Um, Just one. Looking oh, at their, their run is Essendon, Richmond and Gold Coast. I like that. If he's actually going to be given a farewell three-game tour, um, which you just got to be smart about this, I reckon he's worth a punt. He could make a difference. Remember, I'm pretty sure someone, uh, not you, Dossie, um, <laughs> someone actually went Jeremy Cameron to, to in the, for the last round to win a car. Mm. No, I don't know about that one, but I do know, <laughs> Dossie, I've got another one. Wasn't you, <laughs> Dossie. <laughs> Wasn't that over? I'll uh, <laughs> tell you what I did look at today. <laughs> The only, the only option um, that I was thinking of with Zebul is upgrading one of my bench players to him and looping. So mm. um, as in using him as a 23rd player and then um, yeah. looking at his score and looping, uh, well, doing a loop with with him in mind. So Yep, j- just on that point too, um, for the next three weeks, they've got the first Saturday game, so mm. the very first Saturday game, North Melbourne, twice in a row for round 22 and 23. Yep. And then round 24, actually, that's probably another hot topic we missed. You can now um, go at your leisure to check out the round 24 schedule as well. And, and Louis big about planning trades as well. So, um, yeah, look ahead, see what you can do with those loopholes and stuff in the, in the last round because the fixture got released today. But um, North Melbourne, the equal first game on Saturday in the final round. So that's a probably a great call by you, Harmy, there to yeah. just maybe loop and see. It wouldn't take too much to get um, Elijah Hewitt up to him. Yeah, um, I think that's pretty much it. I think I want to get your final verdict on um, 
on Luke Jackson though, Stato, because you were the biggest doubter before. So you're not going to go there. You think it was a bit of a match-up thing or you're just a bit butthurt by the, uh, the 140 on your head? <laughs> a bit butthurt, yeah. Yeah, I'm butthurt, mate. Um, oh, look, it, it was a worthwhile um, uh, fly when uh, we found out that Darcy was out. Um, and proven to be decent so far. Obviously very good on the weekend, and as you say, has a decent run. But we know just because people have a run doesn't mean it's perfect. Um, I used Maxi Gorn, I think it was the second game I had him this year, was up against Port Adelaide, and I thought, you beauty, everyone's smashing tonnes against him. Scott Lysette come back in and... Uh, in the wet and he I think it was about 80% ruck time Max gone was and kept into a 66 so we need to be mindful that um, especially if he's playing clubs that potentially uh, uh, need to win to confirm final spots which is going to be the case with Port Adelaide even though it's a uh, uh, meant to be an easy matchup doesn't mean that's the way it's going to happen and Hawthorne is tough now depending on whether they have two uh, Reeves and Meek together are decent stoppers of ruck scoring. All right. Uh, let's move on to the final bit of the show, and we're going to talk about observable thirst power rankings now. I want you guys to chime in. Um, I, of course, being the steward of the observable thirst, the um, the originator to bring it to the public sphere, uh, talking about observable thirst. Now, if you don't know what observable thirst is, who can can anyone give us a definition here? Louis, you did a pretty good job last week as well. I think maybe you could you could provide the listeners with an alternative view of observable thirst here. Yeah, a good description would be when a footballer's got the ball and you're in a position that may not be in the best spot to progress the play and you're there jumping up and down, throwing your arms up and down. <laughs> Like ridiculous, like you're a uh, one of those bloody blow up dolls that you see at the front of car dealerships, just absolutely demanding the football. And to finish off, you throw your arms down, use the momentum to jump up and scream an expletive if they don't give you the footy. That's observable thirst. That's a perfect description. And when I talk about some observable thirst operators, I think that's probably why. They're not necessarily the names you'd probably think of that are racking up the touches because when you get into a position when you're, you know, a well-known kind of operator in the AFL, you don't necessarily need to do that. You know, Bont's going to be given the ball. He doesn't need to be screaming for it. His name's Bont. The, the kids see him there. The players see him there. He's getting the ball. He doesn't need to scream for it. So, few of these players qualify, but there is a few big names as well who, even though they're at the top of the game, they still want to scream and get the pill. And I think- one of those names was brought up on the traders the other week, and, and I'm having him as my number one at the moment because he displays both still observable thirst despite getting 35 to 40 touches a week sometimes, and that's Errol Goulden. Um, Errol Goulden, number one. Now, I know, Stato, you've yeah. been a big fan. You, you're a big fan of the, the Mighty Swans out there as well, but Errol Goulden this year, he's been showing some serious thirst, hasn't he? Oh, he absolutely has, and... Um it doesn't change no matter what role they put him in. That's that's the key thing. He just wants the footy. And to be fair, he uses the footy so well that they want him to have the, the footy in his hands as well. They've got a few players like that, Sydney too, so it's not just going to be a lay-down Mazir that he becomes a trade target either because there's actually quite a few of them that are very important to him. But, yeah, absolutely wrap with him. Um, I think he's a superstar. 
All right. I am giving one the next player who it's less about the waving the arms. It's more about the running patterns and the fact that he is just always, the moment he kicks the ball, the moment he handles the ball, it's always looking for that next disposal. That's also a sign of thirst and very observable on this player. The moment he came to the AFL, you knew he was a thirsty, thirsty man. And that's Nick Dacos. I think it's been floated out there. He's injured now, but every single possession he's kicking, he's handballing, he's looking to get the next one. You see him pass to his brother. He's right back to his side to get the next one. Um, he's always looking for that next disposal. I think a favourite and, and a typical another player like that, who I think was more aggressive early in his career with the waving of the arms. Now he's a club captain. He's probably toned that back quite a bit, but Zach Merritt has to be up there if you ever watch a game. Harmy, you're an Essendon man. Zach Merritt, the, the man wants pill. Yeah, loves that <laughs> give and receive, doesn't he? The man wants pill. The man wants pill. Now, I know everyone asked for a top 10. I think this needs to be an exclusive list. I've got another list of, of exhibitors of thirst. But I don't think it's really – they haven't qualified for the full thirst. So, I've got to round out a top five here and then I'm just going to throw it to you guys and see if you've got any other nominations. But at four, this is a interesting one because he's probably not the name you're thinking of. He's not, he's not killing it just yet, but I think in the near future we're going to see this guy thrive given his thirst that he's shown already. Lockie Ash is a seriously thirsty operator. If you ever want to see a man that wants the pill, this is a guy that waves his arm around, screams for it, waves constantly, and he's yeah. probably the reason why a few of the other GWS defenders are struggling to get the ball at the moment because uh, Lockie Whitfield can't maybe project himself up to that ton anymore due to Lockie Ash's desire for Sharon. Lockie Ash comes in at four. And at five, I've got two guys who are operating in a stealthy manner. Stealth thirst is what I'm classifying these two as. They're utilizing their position both as club captains in a way that I've never seen thirst be utilized before. They, their, their position as captains, they just wander around. They even Some of them have even changed their position late in game just to get the pill a bit more to change the game. I'm talking about Jordan Dawson and now James Sicily, two guys thirsty as can come but very stealthy it's it's more of an authoritative thirst that they're that they're using to get their sharing so i want to throw it throw it to the floor i've got a number of guys who are exhibitors of thirst i've got uh jade gresham i mentioned the other week loves to scream at teammates with a pill sam flanders your man stato who I think we need to throw to you now just for your – we haven't got the wrap-up from Sam Flanders' Stato. Just a, a few words on the victory lap. Your man, Sam Flanders, coming through. Oh, I think Stevie Fizz needs to claim his man. But I was all on board Flanders, and we've seen it through the, the VFL and previously the Needful that he was going to be an absolute superstar, and we're just starting to see it. And it was all about getting the right role and opportunity. But um, – the man is very good. He's a gun. Uh, a few other special mentions. Jake Bowie, Ben Hobbs as well, another Essendon player, Harmy showing signs. And good. yeah, good, another bomber. And you may, Ooh. I know he's always injured at the moment and he's looking pretty out of shape, but he hates it when he gets burnt. And if he takes a mark anywhere near the 50, he's never going to pass it off. That's Jake Stringer. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. I feel like. Is that thirst yeah. or selfish? 
<laughs> yeah, there's probably a fine line sometimes with the with the yeah. thirst and selfishness, and yeah, you probably also got to. I don't know, be able to to thrive in a role where you can actually get more mid-time, I think, as well at times to be able to be classified. Now, some people said Jack Zebel. A lot of people said that. I completely disagree, I've got to say. This is an entirely role-based thing for me in nah, his entire career. No, it's no, not. no Yes, nah. it is. It is. No, it's like, not. I've never seen a man less worthy of a 170, less worthy of a 150 than Jack nah, Zebel. He, he he's, he's, a- he's the only guy back there. He is a bend at the hips, throw the arms up complainer, and that is observable first, mate. <laughs> I've seen it. The, the feet are past shoulder width, and he <laughs> is demanding the football. So, no, he's in that list, mate, Jack oh, Siebel. I can I give you a few to... more? Yeah, go on. I think Tim Taranto's got to be in there. He's always mm, demanding the yep. football in the contest for That's some it. dingy little handball just for him to soccer it off the ground. Uh, Jack Sinclair is up there, and I think yeah, when he's getting one. tagged, he just, you know, it's like he's just he's taken it to another level once he gets a bit of attention. He just goes to those one-twos constantly. Connor Rosie's got a lot of observable thirst, too. That's a great one, actually. That's one I missed. Definitely yeah. demands the pill. Uh, probably doesn't get the credit for that because he is so classy with it, but he demands that football. And one more I want to mention who uh, was brought up, to me by a mate of mine who's competing for the top 100 and I have to agree as well uh, and that's Luke Ryan uh, for such an unimpressive player I have never seen somebody <laughs> demand the football so much uh, absolutely sprints down to get kick-ins and uh, as well as the pointless cross across that Optus Stadium uh, defensive 50 I think he's got to be in there too and uh, he's probably exhibited that because I'd be surprised if he wasn't one of the players that's uh, been in the comp this year with um, you know five plus one thirties, I reckon. So, well, if you've if we've listed off Frio's run for the run home, then maybe I'll have to look at him. If and, and I trust the trust the listeners or your mate chucking in Luke Ryan as an observable first. I maybe I just haven't seen enough of him operating down back. Maybe he's one to bring in as well for Dacos if he's going to show those beautiful signs. Um, and then just finally, it was mentioned last week the people who are quenched. Not thirsty for the pill at all. <laughs> Do not want Sharon. And this is the, the way I describe this is if you see them and, and on the TV, you're like, call for it. You're open. You're, you're open. And they do this old thing where they point to the next player, kick it to him and, and you know, yell, oh, next kick, next kick. That's not the sort of player that you want in your squad. And I'll give you my number one. And, and you probably don't need to talk about anyone else other than this guy. I've talked about it for so long. Andy McGrath is my number one. So, a couple of dons on the thirst scale, but that's weighed down by a man who's completely quenched in Andy McGrath. If you ever watch it, man's got the- He's had many quality roles in the guts, halfback, everywhere you want. It's always pointing to the next player. Does not want the Sharon. So, um, that's my quenched list. Any other um, nominations here for quenched, Louis? Yeah, I'll put Tuke Miller on notice. Uh, don't wow. like seeing club captain put his hand up to tag. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's a good call. Mate, you need to hunt the pill. All right. Well, Stato, um, I think just the listeners, they've been crying out for you. Maybe just some advice <laughs> for the last few weeks that uh, they've just waited for your sage advice and we really want to hear some advice from the Stato. They've been missing those smooth, dulcet tones. What have you got for us, mate, to close out the show? Well, if you're in the running for a cap or a car um, and uh, you're obviously 
fully in the mode of luxury, uh, make sure you look at all the matchups. Um, smart players would have removed Dacos last week. Um, they're the type of moves you want to make when you know what's happening. And Louis just patting himself on the back. Is that correct, Louis? You, you, no, you no, I did a silly Nick. face too because it didn't even occur to me, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so they're the type of moves you, you actually want to make this time of year if you want to make a real big difference. Um, if you like Dossie and you, you're aiming to get into the, the top 14,000 <laughs> Dosses at the aim, uh, if you're trying to do that, um, then I'll be taking a little bit more punt. And, and look at the ones we talked about before that might be ending their career that can give you with a bit of a bang so you can get your uh, your league win and hopefully a premiership uh, with a bit of fluking going on and sometimes that happens. But um, if you're outside the top 220, 230, you're probably out of the running for a cap. Now I haven't looked at the the distance in between, but but have a look. You can generally catch up about 120 a week um, from a main pack. You can catch up 300 on an individual if all things go well. But um, just keep playing your game, keep patient, don't get stressed over it too much. Um, for some reason, Dossie's sending me messages no. that are coming through the recording. No. What are you doing, no, Dossie? So I just want to, your your comment of me cracking in the top fourteen thousand. I've just sent a, I've just sent a screenshot. So some people at the early stage of the season take a screenshot of them when they're in the top ten or the number one or whatever for that brief moment. <laughs> I've, I've taken a screenshot this week when I've snuck inside the top fourteen k at thirteen thousand six hundred fifty. 52. So, I mean, that just shows you where my where my my team's at. So, I've taken the screenshot. I might even just post that out on the Twitter and, uh, you know, claim that I've risen up the ranks this week, I think, because that was about mid-round before everyone else's <laughs> players caught me up and I dropped a couple of thousand. So, oh, well. I, I have... I have got a pleasing one of myself uh, late round 22 one year where I was sitting in first position. It was absolutely lovely, but it didn't end that way, Dossie. But we can all have dreams. So your dream is 13,660 <laughs> second position. Best of luck, mate. I hope you get there. Thanks, well, it's guys. He'll battle that, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, 2100 with uh, Sicily down back. Yep. Good luck to everyone <laughs> vying for a hat, vying for a car. You've got three weeks of stress remaining. Hopefully, you can have a bit of fun in there as well. And uh, yeah, good luck, everyone, on the run home. And we'll see you next week. Great to have you back, Stato. See ya.